Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate yeah. to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. There are many things associated with women's health that we don't talk a lot about. We don't talk about heavy periods, how childbirth has damaged our bodies, or other intimate health concerns. And so many suffer in silence. Sneha Wadwani is a GP and mum of two girls aged five and seven. She's passionate about women's health. And today we're talking about premenstrual syndrome, commonly referred to as PMS. Hi, Sneha. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Now, growing up, we'd often say we had PMS when we were moody, you know, about to <laughs> scratch someone's eyes out. Does PMS just cover that, is the description just covering that symptom of being irritable before you get your period? No, actually, this, the premenstrual syndrome, PMS, uh, symptoms include lots of different things, so physical and psychological symptoms. So it can be everything from feeling tired, trouble sleeping, tender breasts, constipation, diarrhea, feeling bloated, headache, moodiness, cravings, and on on the list goes. So much fun. Yes, absolutely. It's interesting, isn't it? Because, um, like I said, it was very common for people to put uh, that, you know, really nasty feeling you get right before you have your period down to PMS. But other things, you sort of, I remember the other day, I was like, gosh, I've got a, like, it's like a tension headache. Why am I, why? I never get headaches. And then I looked at my app. (laughs) Everyone's got an app for something. I looked at my app and went, oh, right, my period's due. And so then it kind of made sense to me why that was happening. Um, one thing that I'd never heard of before was what you mentioned then, like psychological impact. So I have um, spoken to some women who say they get more anxious before they get their period. Absolutely. Anxiety and depression even are, are often quite prevalent before period before your period comes and as part of that PMS collection of, of symptoms really. Um, I mean the, the syndrome in itself, so PMS, um, can affect up to 40% of the population to varying degrees of course and many of us are able to just accept that we might get a bit grumpy and a bit irritable and we might get the odd headache but we can carry on with life but for some people the symptoms can be really debilitating and, and affect you know their activities of daily life, their work, their well-being, everything. Please tell me there's like this deeply profound biological reason that we feel so terrible before we get our period. Um, I'm not sure I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Largely the causes are unknown, but we know that hormonal factors are obviously likely. We've talked before about, certainly in the postnatal period, how shifts in hormone can affect our well-being, and that applies to puberty, the menopause, and indeed in in the lead-up to our periods, because of course the hormones are shifting then too. But current research also poses lots of other theories which are quite interesting. So some say that serotonin deficiency may be a causative factor. So serotonin is that happy chemical that is released in our brains to make us feel good. Um, and so perhaps lower levels of that may put us at higher risk of, uh, risk of PMS. Also, one interesting school of thought thinks that there may be some magnesium and calcium deficiencies uh, that may be, again, putting us at greater risk of, of PMS symptoms. And what's interesting about that is often as part of our 
PMS, we may feel that we need to eat carbohydrates and chocolate. And, and these foods are actually quite rich in calcium and magnesium. So there may be some you know, truth in that uh, <laughs> We're driven theory. By <laughs> we are driven for this craving to replace these minerals that, that we are deficient in. There's also theories about having an exaggerated response to uh, normal levels of hormones. And, you know, we've talked again in the past about how when we choose contraceptives, that can be different for different people because they may be more or less sensitive to the hormones in it. And that can apply to our own biological hormones as well. Um, some also talk about elevated endorphins. Now, I'm not sure I follow this school of thought um, because we all know endorphins make us feel good. So I'm not sure that the evidence is particularly strong there. And, you know, also um, another risk factor is, um, you know, having trauma in, in your life in the past. So, you know, having mental health problems, having dealt with trauma, whether it's emotional or physical, then, you know, these shifts in hormones leave us more susceptible to the symptoms symptoms and side effects of those those things. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Sneha Dwani. She's a GP and mum of two girls. And we're talking today about PMS, premenstrual syndrome. And um, most women know how that feels, which is not great. And I'm trying to find out reasons why we feel so terrible. Um, let's talk about the way we experience PMS over our lifetime. Can it actually change? Can it get worse as we get older? Absolutely. So as we ch- as we um, develop through our reproductive life, I think our sensitivity to hormonal shifts uh, certainly changes. And also, so does our cycle. So, you know, when we're younger and going through puberty, the cycle may be quite erratic to start with, hormones flying everywhere. And that's often why we get the grumpy teenager, you know. Uh, There's a lot going on psychologically, but physically and hormonally as well. Then there seems to be a bit of a plateau, you know, sort of in our 20s to 30s. When things seem to settle down a bit, we feel quite good. We're confident in ourselves. Lots of life stuff is happening in the right way as well, which also probably impacts how we cope with our PMS symptoms and then of course we have children and so when we have children our hormones shift massively before during and after and there's a huge adjustment that needs to come along with that but also remember that once we've had children our lifestyle again has changed fundamentally our levels of self-care are probably down on the list and so that will again affect how we can deal with our symptoms and then as we approach the perimenopause and the menopause yes we've got a lot of hormonal shifts then but invariably also we're dealing with different life stresses so we might have teenage children you know we may be at different stages in our career or relationship that also will uh, add impact to how we cope so yes I think our PMS symptoms do change through life but it's not just because of hormones it's because there's a natural change in our lives during that time too. I was once told that primrose oil can help with PMS. Is that true or is it an old wives' tale? It's a bit of an old wives' tale. Um, Evening primrose oil is really useful for breast tenderness, but that's about it, really. It's not going to do much for your mood. you have to take a lot of it as well. You do, and you have to take a lot of it for um, breast tenderness as well. I must add that this is really only used for breast tenderness that is thought to be hormonal and other causes have been excluded. Um, 
But yes, it doesn't really have any wide-reaching effects for the whole of the premenstrual syndrome um, collectively. Um, so there's lots of different strategies we can use to treat PMS. Exercise is a good one. Um, again, releasing some endorphins, you know, rinsing out some of that anger, frustration, <laughs> irritability um, in, in sources other than our husbands. Um, also looking for complex carbohydrates. So things like, you know, we were talking before about the cravings for carbohydrates and the sugar and calcium and all of those things. Um, our refined carbohydrates are rich in often those things um, but actually they're not very good for us they release very quickly and, and the sugar levels disappear quite quickly afterwards so we get the crash and then that doesn't help our mood so complex carbohydrates you know looking at whole grains and whole foods um, and using those instead so we still get the same elemental replacement in magnesium and calcium but we're not getting that high sugar peak and then a crash afterwards using calcium and magnesium-rich foods that we've talked about. Um, antidepressants can be really useful. And what's interesting about these is you don't have to take them all the time. So it doesn't have to be a pill that you take every day. In some women, we use them cyclically. So just before the period is, is about to start, when we know the mood changes are happening, through till the end of the period, and then stopping uh, only to resume in the, that same next part of the cycle. So it can be used like that. There are some homeopathic treatments as well where there's a tiny bit of medical evidence behind them. Um, Agnes Castus is, is one that's out there um, and it's a herbal supplement. I wouldn't say it works like night and day. You're not going to wake up and think, oh, I feel marvellous. But people do notice that retrospectively they're perhaps a little less irritable than they were before. <laughs> or you could just get someone to give you TLC for <laughs> or a new husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that a new husband's going to be more prevalent, you know, more open to TLC during the PMS period. A few acronyms there, throwing them all around. Oh, it's so wonderful to be a woman. Sneha, thank you so much for coming in and speaking with us. You're welcome. That was Sneha Hudwani. She's a GP and mum of two girls. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.